Sedate phobia. Now this word originates from the Greek sedate, and it means silent or sleeping or dead. And phobos means, comes from the Greek god of fear or dread or aversion. Now, sedate phobia means that you are a person who hates silence. You have to have a lot of noise. In fact, silence scares you. In fact, known cases of sedate phobia has led to people even having panic attacks because it was too quiet. Now, consider this. You have sedate phobia, but I also want you to think about braking, brakes, car brakes. Now, the foundation of the modern braking system, the mechanical drum, in fact, was developed in 1902 by Louis Renault. He was a French manufacturer and considered a pioneer in the automotive industry. And you want to think about brakes. Here's my assertion about brakes. Brakes don't stop your journey. Now, they don't impede you from reaching your destination. They just slow you down a bit. And in fact, they slow you down to prevent you from being hurt, to let others go by. You know, without brakes, there would be a lot of accidents. So we have brakes and we have silence. But also, let me introduce you to the concept of grenades. Now, hand grenades, what they do is they give a soldier an ability to kill enemy soldiers. They destroy enemy equipment. They give signals. They control riots. Now, historically, the most important hand grenade is the fragmentation grenade. Now, the purpose or intent of a grenade positive is determined by the user of said grenade. Now, the recipient of the grenade would most likely not agree with you around the aims and intentions of the grenade because it's meant for ill intent towards you. So we have breaks and silence and grenades, broken trust as a bridge. We have to choose compassion and unity. Welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience. My name is Stephen Thompson, and this is my experience. I am curious, trying to be a compassionate leader who is the creator of the Stephen Thompson Experience, a podcast for leaders and followers, hopeful optimists, careful pragmatists, bold asserters, and people who want to bend the arc of the universe towards justice. My goal is to use my platform to educate, inform, and inspire individuals to use their gifts and talents in the service of others. Today, we're looking at the song Grenade, and Grenade is a song by... American songwriter Bruno Mars, it came from his debut solo album, Doo-Wops and Hooligans, in 2010. Grenade had a lot of positive response from the critics. It praised his vocals, the emotional lyrics. It was in the Hot 100, rising up to at least the number one single, which was his third from that album. So the video it was interesting because in the video that came out in November of 2010, Bruno Mars is dragging an upright piano through the streets of Los Angeles to his beloved's house. 
someone that he cared about tremendously. But when he arrived at the house, the woman that he is, was in love with was with another man. And he saw this from the window. So he turned around and he began to walk back down the street. And as he walked down the street, you could tell that his attitude had changed. And he walked to a train tracks. And at the end of the video, he killed himself. So what ends up happening? So grenade symbolizes broken trust, broken relationships. Here's some of the lyrics. So he says, gave you all I had and you tossed it in the trash. You tossed it in the trash you did. To give me all your love is all I ever did. Because what you don't understand is I catch a grenade for you, throw my hand on a blade for you. I jump in front of a train. You know I'd do anything for you. Well, I'd go through all the pain, take a bullet straight through my brain. Yes, I would die for you, baby, but you wouldn't do the same. So here is this individual who was completely dedicated to another individual, but it wasn't reciprocal. It wasn't mutual. So you have broken trust. And the result of the broken trust was not just simply fractured relationships, but it ended up fracturing the main character so badly that he takes his life. So what do we do about that? What is the lesson you can learn? Take a look at Letter from a Birmingham Jail by Martin Luther King. Now, Martin Luther King wrote this letter from Birmingham. He was imprisoned. He was imprisoned because he participated in a nonviolent demonstration against segregation in the South in 1963. As he was in jail, he received criticism. Now, the obvious source of criticism would be the racist individuals who did not want MLK there, who wanted to preserve a system of segregation, who wanted to preserve racism, who wanted to preserve white supremacy, and continue to see African Americans as inferior. His objections and criticism came from them, but in Letter from a Birmingham Jail, he is not addressing those individuals. The people who criticized him were religious leaders. In fact, eight white religious leaders from Southern churches were criticizing Martin Luther King for coming to Birmingham and carrying out a nonviolent protest. In fact, they asked for him to pursue unity. They asked him, why did you do this? Why did you come to Birmingham? Why didn't you wait? Wait for a new administration to take hold. Go through acts of negotiation. Why did you turn to a nonviolent protest? They disagreed with him. So here is one paragraph of his response. In any nonviolent campaign, there are four basic steps, collection of the facts to determine whether injustices are alive, negotiation, self-purification, and direct action. We have gone through all of these steps in Birmingham. There could be no gainsaying of the fact that racial injustice engulfs the community. Birmingham is probably the most thoroughly segregated city in the United States. Its ugly record of police brutality is known in every section of this country. Its unjust treatment of Negroes in the courts is a notorious reality. 
There have been more unsolved bombings of Negro houses and churches in Birmingham than in any other city in this nation. These are hard, brutal, and unbelievable facts. One of the basis of them, Negro leaders sought to negotiate with the city fathers, but the political leaders consistently refused to engage, negotiate in good faith negotiation. In fact, what he was saying is that there were broken promises. So you see, when you have broken promises, you can't continue to negotiate with somebody who will not negotiate in good faith. So you have to have individuals who are willing to participate with you in the healing process. So what do you do? What do you do in this situation? If you have a situation where people will not help you, in fact, they criticize you, not the people who are criticizing you who are your known enemies, but people who would, you would think would be on your side. Well, one thing you can do is you can choose grief because something has been broken. And in this case, there's broken relationships, there's broken promises, and there's the pain that segregation was bringing. You can look into our lives today and we can see things that are broken. But when things that are broken and they are broken, we can choose grief. A quote says that without grief, there'd be no need for healing. Before we can think about or enter into healing, we must first honor our sorrow. We must grant ourselves space and permission to breathe, to grieve to breathe and to grieve. This is where we put the brakes on. And we take time to choose compassion. Compassion for people who have lost. Think about in this time of coronavirus, 400,000 Americans have died. Take time to mourn them. Also take time to mourn and grieve for those who've lost jobs, who have lost businesses, who have lost income, who have lost homes, who have lost health. Pause, put on the brakes. You see in these situations, the grenades come when we pick a side, when we want to immediately run to blame someone for these problems, or we want to attack a solution that someone may have proposed. But you see, when those things happen, who gets lost? It's the person who has lost the most. You see, the people who have the most end up hurting those who have lost the most because we simply refuse to acknowledge the pain and the suffering of other people. And when you choose to ignore and fail to acknowledge the suffering of other people, you yourself will not heal and you will damage and hurt others. Choose compassion. Put on the brakes. Choose silence. Acknowledge the harm. Acknowledge the tragedy. Collective loss of life and income, jobs and businesses. Grieve and mourn for these people. Feel the difficult emotions. You can heal from a place of compassion, not from a place of anger. The Bible says a fool gives full vent to their anger. A proverb says a gentle answer turns away wrath. Perhaps you can consider giving gentle 
answers. This is Stephen Thompson, and this has been my experience. My goal today is to educate, inform, and inspire, and I hope that I have moved a bit in that direction. But if I offended or upset or triggered you, I apologize. It is never my intent. Feel free to reach out to me through this comments. Leave an email address if you'd like to dialogue. If you enjoyed it, subscribe. Until next time, have a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Have a good evening, good night, and goodbye.